Jesus asks, why did you doubt? I don't know. If I'm Peter, maybe I could think of a few reasons. Reasons that seem legitimate, reasons that that he was facing dead in the teeth and so definitely impacted his decision-making. Jesus asked, why did you doubt? And Peter easily could have said, well, I know that I am on the Sea of Galilee and the Sea of Galilee is known to be treacherous because of its geography, because it's a low-lying sea with with mountains and, and hills around it. It gets really nasty storms and those storms have a way of coming out of nowhere. So, yeah, Jesus, that's, that's why I doubted. Maybe Peter doubted because he was a fisherman and he had heard all of the fishermen's stories. Maybe he even knew somebody who had died at sea in the midst of a wicked, brutal storm. Maybe Peter still wasn't 100% sure that it was Jesus Maybe, maybe Peter, like any of us, would have looked out and went, that still doesn't make sense. I might see him a few hundred yards away, but it still doesn't make sense to me that this is working. I, I don't buy it. Maybe he, he took a few steps out of the boat and, and his faith was really, really strong and things seemed to be going really, really well. But like the rest of us, he would have looked around, saw the waves slapping the side of the boat, felt them kissing his feet and went, I don't know about this. I don't think I'm where I'm supposed to be. Jesus asked that question, Peter, why did you doubt? And the list of reasons could have gone on and on and on for seemingly legitimate doubts. Brothers and sisters of peace, why did you doubt? 10, 100, 1,000 things could, could fill that list. Reasons why throughout our lives, throughout the, the days and weeks of our lives, we, we have these doubts that enter into our mind and we get really, really scared and we doubt God's providence, his presence, and his power and we start to think that we are battling this world, this life, all by ourselves. Brothers and sisters of peace, why did you doubt? I can sort of think of a reason why I know I doubt, and I'm guessing why some of us doubt too. You open your favorite news, news app, and you start scrolling. And nine out of ten of the news stories are negative. They are bad. They are going to make you read them, and, and even though there might be a positive spin on it or maybe a nice little finish to the end of it, you are going to open the story and you are going to find bad news. Natural disasters, corruption, people being indicted, people that people say should be indicted, going back and forth up against one another, sadness and fear. We see children being abused. We see, we see crimes against races. We see, we see sadness and wickedness. We see hurts. We see loneliness. We see people that are afraid for their lives. We see people living in other countries that don't even sort of have it as good as us. We see people that are trying to live from paycheck to paycheck and and aren't making it cut it. You open that app and you find story after story, economic turmoil, geopolitical turmoil, 
And it almost feels as if you couldn't stop scrolling. If you kept scrolling, you would continue to find bad news after bad news after bad news. And so maybe, just maybe, you close the app and you put it to the side. Then you open a different one, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you think maybe I'll find some more bright spots there. And you look there and you find a positive story, a cute little picture of a dog, and then underneath it is an intensely political statement that makes you feel bad about yourself or makes you feel bad about your friendship with somebody or causes you to go into warrior mode and start typing away, click-clacking away, fighting against somebody through a computer monitor, through, through a phone. You might even see positive stories from the, the, the people in your lives and you might think, these are great things. But my life doesn't measure up to that. And so even as we open that app, we find ourselves, we find ourselves doubting the providence and the power of our God who says this world is mine and everything in it. We, we, look, at, we look at the apps, we look at our phone and we go, there is just no way, God. You want to find reasons to doubt God. I will give you seemingly endless reasons to doubt God, right? Right there. It's an easy trap to fall into. And yet even in that moment, Jesus with a broad smile across his face comes up to you and looks you in the eye and says, but brother, sister, son, daughter, why did you doubt Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. We get distracted. We have our Savior who has his hand out, and he is, he is lovingly inviting us to come and give him a warm embrace as we walk through this world. And it feels sometimes as if just by the grace of God, by him allowing us to walk through this world, we are walking on water. But instead of looking at the outstretched arms of Jesus, we find ourselves in looking all over the place, seeing the wind, feeling the waves slap up against our legs, and it is so easy to get distracted and, and not see your Lord anymore, but only see the waves and only see the wind. We face doubts. They're a common part of life. It's something that every single one of us deals with. And yet Jesus is persistent and his answer is the same. But why did you doubt me? This was, my goodness, probably a decade ago now. And it was my older brother and I were taking my younger brother out for a birthday lunch, I think it was. And we were downtown Milwaukee and there was this really cool restaurant. It was called The Safe House down there. I don't, I'm assuming... None of you have probably been there. Oh my, yes, we have somebody that has actually been there. A few people that have actually been there. It's this cool restaurant, which is kind of decorated uh, as, a, as a spy place, and it's kind of got a, a CIA 60s, 70s type of vibe to it. And so in order to get into this restaurant, it's kind of cool. You have to walk down like this dark alley, and there's a room off to your right, so you walk in this kind of dingy room, and you find a bookshelf, and, and it's kind of that 60s, 70s themed, and it just feels a little off, and, and, you can, and there's a voice that sometimes chimes in for you. Well, well, remember, my older brother is like 17, I'm like 15, and my little brother, who has no idea what's going on, is eight. And we walk in, 
and, and, and we're, we're walking down the alley, and I can see my little brother starting to get just a little bit nervous. He's getting a little bit, a little bit uneasy, and then we walk into this room, still telling him we are looking for the restaurant, and we walk into the room, and, and he starts to look around. He goes, guys, I don't think we're supposed to be here. I think we should really, we should really go. And we found the secret lever to pull to get, the door ca- to get the bookcase to swing wide open so that you could enter into the bar and restaurant. And he sees that, that bookcase swing open, and my little brother goes, we have to go now. <laughs> we are not supposed to be here. This is not good. We need to leave. And he is in a full panic, and my brother and I say, no. Come with us, come through, you'll see in just a second. And sure enough, we walk, we turn the corner, and we, we get to the, the, the bar and restaurant there. And at the bar, there are a, a bunch of patrons lined up around the bar, and they have a monitor that monitors what is going on inside of this little room so that everybody in the bar can see it happening. And they had just watched my little brother have, like, a panic attack. He didn't know what was going on. I knew what was going on. My older brother knew what was going on. And we might not have been in a position of of great trust for my little brother. (laughs) The patrons at the the, the restaurant knew what was going on, but he, he didn't know what was going on. Brothers and sisters, there are those moments where where we, we open up our phones and we go, I don't even know what's going on. I don't see the way out of it. I, I don't see the purpose in it. I don't see God's hand in any of it. It almost feels as if God's hands have been tied behind his back and that he is completely removed from these situations. And there are those moments in our lives where we put all of that stuff aside, the doubts, the doubts that we have in our lives really make us feel as if God has completely stepped away from us, has withdrawn his love, his providence, his power, and his mercy That question that Jesus asks, why did you doubt, still remains. But I urge you, brothers and sisters, see that question as doing double duty. Certainly, Jesus asked that question of Peter, and he hears those words. Peter hears those words, why did you doubt? And instantly, his heart just sinks, and he goes, oh, Peter, you dummy. Why did you doubt? It happens with us too. We see everything going on in the world and then Jesus still says, but why did you doubt? And we can't help but slap ourselves in the back of the head and go, you tell me, why did you doubt? But then that, that question sort of has another meaning to it. Peter, have I ever given you a reason to doubt? My son, my daughter, have I ever given you a reason to doubt me? to doubt the love and the mercy and the protection that I have afforded you every step of the way throughout your life leading up until right now. And so Jesus does for Peter what he does for us. He doesn't just tell Peter to trust him. He shows Peter that he ought to trust him in his word and in his deed. Peter walks out, or Peter's sitting in the boat and and he's with those other disciples and and they see Jesus walking on the water and instantly they are thrown into a tizzy. They are terrified. And what does Jesus say? It says immediately he says to them, take courage, it's I. Don't be afraid. The presence of Jesus is enough to to calm a a troubled heart, to take our our ever-anxious soul and, and cause it to actually be 
still. And then when, when Peter is still not convinced and he says, Lord, have me come out and walk towards you, he gets out of the boat and, and on this walk, you know that he had to have made it some type of distance toward Jesus. Before he looked around and he saw the waves, he took his off, eyes off of his Savior and he began to sink. And in that moment that he sank, we realize that Peter still knows who he can lean on. He cries out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reaches out his hand and catches him. Peter finds himself in this place where he goes, Lord, I am completely subject to your mercy. I need you to save me from the depths because by myself, I am going under. And Jesus lovingly and immediately reaches his hand down and plucks him out of the water, brings him back to the boat, and in one simple question, why did you doubt, gives him the assurance, Peter, you don't ever need to doubt me again. One thing that we kind of have to work through here is just that, that other phrase that Jesus utters to Peter. He says, Peter, you of little faith. Are we to believe that, that Peter didn't have faith at that moment? That as he was crumbling, as he was falling beneath the surface, that, that if he had actually been taken over by the swell and had died, that he wouldn't have been with his Savior because he didn't have faith? No, that's not what we're seeing here. Because we know from just a few chapters later that Jesus says it just takes a faith as small as a mustard seed. No, saving faith is either one of those things that you have it or you don't. No matter how great or small it is, it is strong to save. But what he is saying here is that Peter had lost trust in the promises of Jesus. He had lost some trust in the promise to provide to take care of, and to love. And so that in that way, Jesus or Peter finds himself falling underneath the waves. And it's a good reminder for us that although the, the, the small little doubts that we have in our lives don't mean that we lost faith completely, please know, brothers and sisters, those times when we are anxious does not mean that you have no faith in Jesus. But what it is to say, if we allow them to go unchecked, to just run rampant, then those things have a way of undercutting and eroding that saving faith that, that sometimes just as small as a mustard seed faith that Jesus gives to us. You know, you could imagine maybe Jesus screams into the back of the boat, why did you doubt me? But I don't think so. No, Jesus turns to Peter with that, that smirk on his face, compassion in his eyes, and love in his heart, and he says, what? Why did you doubt me? Have I ever given you a reason? And when he asked that same question to us, when he says, why, why did you doubt me? What he wants us to do is to go back to that moment in time in our brain when we found ourselves sinking underneath the water. Those waters of sin that were, were collapsing over the top of us and, and it felt like we were hopelessly lost and we had no way out of this issue besides reaching our hand up and saying, Lord, save me. And Jesus reaches down, grabs us out of this pit of sin through the, through the water and the word of baptism, brings saving faith into our heart, takes us out of the water, places us in the boat and says, you never need to doubt my love, my forgiveness and your salvation Ever again. Doubts are a part of life. 
They are seemingly unavoidable, aren't they? They seem to be with us every step of the way. But brothers and sisters, might I encourage you, look less at the waves. Because the waves have the bad news. The news that that is going to undercut your faith, that is going to cause you to doubt and to be afraid. I'm not saying to completely turn it off, but I'm saying don't, don't hinge your life on it. Day to day, we go by with a Lord Jesus who has good news for us in his word. The headline is good and the body of the story is good for us. Every single day in the word of God, I encourage you, cling to the good news and allow the bad news to just sort of be in the periphery, to be the waves that are off over there but can never touch me or destroy my faith and standing with the Lord Jesus. Yeah, those, those waves are going to be there. We're, we're, we're actually quite sure that they're never going to go away on this side of heaven. But know, brothers and sisters, that it might feel as if you are falling underneath the surface of the waves, but, but you're not. Your Lord Jesus is still standing there. He is still standing there above the water, knowing and controlling every aspect of the situation that is going on. There is not one part of your lives that falls outside of the purview and the control of our Lord Jesus. So when you feel those doubts, when you see those waves, don't take my word for it. Know that the Lord who walks on water says that none of your issues, none of your troubles, and none of your doubts are enough to overcome his power, his grace, and his plan in your life. Amen.